We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm your host, Karina Mustafa, alongside Calvin Wetzel. And on today's show, we're going to discuss a couple of things, one being the situation with the charter flights and the playoffs. We were supposed to have it, then we went back on it, and now we kind of have them again. So we're going to get into that. Then we're also going to get into some awards because it is officially awards season. And finally, wrap up with a race to the playoffs because as of this point, five teams have clinched and there's still a few spots left in the running. Cal, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Our headline of the week, charter flights in the playoffs. So originally, Kathy had announced that um, the charter flights would be available for every single team in the playoffs. It was part of the growth of the charter program, as we kind of saw it happening a little bit this season, where players are getting charters on back-to-backs, and we're starting to see a little bit more growth i would say in that area maybe not at the rate that we would want it to be but it's still kind of happening and something interesting happened where it looked like uh kathy kind of went back on what she said there was a bit of reporting done by the next where um it was they said between rounds teams will have the option to charter from the home market or directly to game one of the following round only one route permitted not both Therefore, teams will need to plan their own commercial flights if and when necessary, depending on their choice. And that's on reporting from the next. Um, Cal, what do you think about that? Like, just firstly, like, just saying at first, everybody's going to have charter flights and then kind of going back on it and going, I'll actually know you only get one. Yeah. So, like, I mean, my first thought on this was, like, exactly what I think that article that you uh, you put the tweet up on the screen there there's a quote in there from satu sabu i believe it was right so like don't, don't make promises mm-hmm. you can't keep I, whatever the quote was like that was exactly my first thought too like you should be able to do this but if you can't then just don't say you can like and that 
in all of life, honestly, that like <laughs> it's not just a WNBA thing, just a, a good principle to live by. And like I was thinking, like, I don't know if this is weird or if it's just me, but like when I watch a crime show or like scary movies and they're in, you know, there's like a kid and their parent or something and they're in this like bad situation and the parents like, oh, it's going to be OK. Like, we're, we're going to be fine. I promise. And I'm like, don't promise that. Like, you're <laughs> probably about to die. You can't promise that you're going to be OK. Like, don't use that word if you don't know. Like, and that that is like my thought. Like, just if you say it, then do it, then deliver. And mm -hmm. obviously now we saw just like a few hours ago before recording this that they are going to deliver, but it shouldn't have taken that pressure to to get them to that point. Like once they said it, it should have just come through. So uh, like, like that was my biggest thought. And then obviously when it comes to charters in general, you should just be able to do it. Like we have all of these owners and just in general, I feel like rich people saying like, hey, we would love to help you pay for this. And women's sport, like I've told people this before, like even if you're a completely misogynistic, like piece of trash, women's sports is a great investment right now, selfishly, financially, like it's not even a charity or like, oh, hey, I'm trying to promote equality. It's a booming business, like in terms of you, you will make money by investing from it, you know, even if you don't care about women at all. So we have all these people who want to let's just let them. How about let's just let them do it and we can easily pay for these charter flights. So I'm glad to see that they finally are, that the pressure worked. But that was like my whole thought process throughout this. Yeah, there's a couple of things that we can dissect from this situation slash issue. The first one, kind of like what you touched on, if you say something, if you're going to promise something, then you have to do it. To me... It just seems weird that a already the charter situation was is kind of growing, but again at a very slow pace. And when you do promise something like charter flights for everybody in the postseason, and the fact that it took just like another conversation between the union and Kathy, apparently, all of a sudden charters for all. Well, so then if you could do it, why did you backtrack on it in the first place? Is that's the question that I'm asking. What did they do or what did they say to Kathy for her to be like, actually, I can figure it out? Because why is that not your intention in the first place? Like, why do we have to push you against the wall for you to be like, OK, actually, no, you can you can have it. It's fine. And you want to talk about like the price differences, too. Like, I think I read in the article that it's like a twenty thousand dollar difference for the charter flights that teams could pay. Not all of them could. But if you have like these owners and if you implement like like you said, a lot of rich people <laughs> to just invest invest in it. Like it's more than it's more than good enough to be done. We talk about that those seventy five million dollars that the W got a few years ago. Where did they go? Because did they go to the charter flight situation? I don't know. I don't know where that money went. Like there hasn't really been a sort of transparency when it comes to that. Um, and just on in general with the situation, like it's a professional league. Like these are professional athletes. Like it's not just about, and I know the whole thing in the CBA is that not every, not, we're not allowed to have charter flights because it's a competitive advantage for teams that can afford it versus not, but it's not even about that at that point. It's about the safety of the players and just an overall standard for what a professional league should be. Because a lot of these players are coming from college where they do have charter flights. And so they're just going backwards once they enter a pro league, which is something they shouldn't have to do. 
Yeah, well, it is about the safety of the players. Like, you're 100% right. But I, I also think it is a little bit about, like, t- the competitive advantage thing that you brought up. To me, I'm like, why, why not? Like, why can't there be a competitive advantage for teams that want to invest in their players? Like, they deserve to win more games. If you want to invest in your player's safety, then why don't you deserve to have a competitive advantage for doing the right thing? Like, I, let's let them have a competitive advantage if they're willing to put money into women's sports and into their players safety that's my thought so i don't i don't have a problem with it like i i get we don't want some team to go 40 and 0 and some team to go 0 and 40 but that's not going to happen like you're not going to win every game just because you charter like you know yeah. like every other professional league has gone through this before you know and their men's professional league i should say and like you're, you're still going to lose some games so let's just let it happen and then the owners who aren't paying for their players to charter, like they're going to be pressured to get to that point. And eventually we'll see everyone there. Yeah. And I think also just on the topic of promising and talking versus delivering versus like investing in women's sports right now, I think like you can also tie like expansion and charter flights seem to be like two of the biggest like touchy topics when it comes to growing the league right now. And they have a lot of common uh denominators and a lot of common things where it's just like it seems like there's a lot of interest there's a lot of interest in charter flights there's a lot of interest in expanding to other cities and other countries but for some reason it's not happening unless somebody is being pushed up against the wall and being held accountable and the fact that it even has to get to that because you'd think you know somebody like and i don't want to harp on the league too much i know there's a lot of different factors that go into a lot of things it's not as simple as like just give them this or just do this but at the same time like with this situation okay now they all have charter flights just like you said in the first place so like if that was the case then why why does there have to be this backtracking and why does this have to be their this lack of transparency it's just not fair to the players it's not fair to the fans it's not fair to anybody um and it's just like it ruins some of your credibility to some of your authority as like the league and it's just it's really frustrating and it's a problem that we've been dealing with for so long and i finally thought we were like going in a good direction this season with the charter program but this just feels like an extremely weird situation yeah i like you said it if if they're able to do it why do they have to be pressured into doing it why just why not just do it like if, if you can't do it you can't do it but obviously they can so it shouldn't it shouldn't take this pressure yeah, um, more confusing than the her hoop stats hoop grids. Anyway, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, just kidding, totally. Um, but no, it's okay. That's enough on that situation. We had our we had our rants about the charters. Uh, we just want, like, honestly, just we just want the players to get what they deserve playing in a professional league, and it just seems like everybody should have the same intentions. But moving on, because it is award season. Um, and we're going to go through, we're basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through like two awards per week, just based on the schedule. Cause they're kind of like spread out in which they're going to be announced by the W. So the awards that we are doing this week are executive of the year and coach of the year. We're going to start with the exec of the year. Um, Cal, I'll let you go first. Let me preface this by saying that Cal and I agree on who we think should win this award. I am just going to say another person, another candidate, just to have a fun conversation. So, Cal, who's your executive of the year? <laughs> That's a good note, because yeah, I was texting Karina before this, like, all right, here's who I'm going to pick. And she was like, oh, me too. But that's boring. Let me go with someone different. So it's fun. <laughs> but 
Every everyone should know what what you really think. Uh, I'm going with Jonathan Cole. I think like when it comes to exec of the year so we'll get to coach of the year in a second and coach of the year is a little bit more wide open to me with some of those teams at the top but with exec it's got to be one of the two super teams and so because you you built they're super teams they they like to say they're not but they are and the execs built these right so i'm looking at the liberty and what jonathan cold did in terms of signing brianna stewart signing courtney vandersloot trading for john quill jones trading for kayla thornton that all happened this past offseason with the exception of Really, Sabrina and Benajelani, he basically built the majority of the super team over the offseason. Whereas the Aces, obviously, when you bring in Candace Parker and Alicia Clark, like those are big signings, and you can't really hold the Candace Parker injury against them for this award. But at the same time, like most of that Aces super team was built through the draft several years ago when they had three straight number one picks with Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young. Most of the Liberty super team was built this year. So this year, exec of the year, has to be Jonathan Kolb to me. Yeah, and I think I would feel kind of iffy about naming like the Aces for exec of the year just because of the whole Derricka Hamby situation, and it just feels like also there's that. been a lot of murky stuff like this year. So I not like I would not yeah, be the, the salary like, cap circumvention them. type of stuff. Yes, all all yeah. of this kind of stuff that's kind of happened over the course of the year. I'm like. Maybe they you, should you not can't really be in the conversation out. for that, like super team or not. Um, there's been some questionable stuff. And like with the, you know, Becky being suspended this year too. Like it was all just like a very weird uh, situation slash year. Um, but for me, I, okay. Like I said before, I agree that it should be uh, JK. It should be Jonathan Cole. I think what he did with the Liberty this year, just assembling all these pieces together and just seeing the way that they've been able to gel together over the course of a season and what they have become, I think like is incredible. And it was like so risky, but like those are the moves that get you where you want to be. Um, so I'm going to say Lynn Dunn of the Indiana Fever. Uh, just based on what they've done, like I know they're not in the playoffs. Um, I know they are where they are, but overall they've had like a pretty exciting year. Obviously, they drafted Aaliyah Boston, they drafted Grace Berger, and they both signed them for three years. Erica Wheeler also signed a two-year contract with them in the offseason. The future looks good. I think we saw flashes of what this fever team could be. I think they still have a little bit to go, like still a little bit of movement is going to have to happen. Um, But overall, even though the wind started to like fall off a bit in the second half of the season, I think that they've shown that they're assembling a good and young squad that eventually is going to be a playoff team. They were almost a playoff team this year, but you just, it just takes a little bit to get there. And I think um, what Lynn Dunn has done with this team Oh, wow. That was kind of hard to say. Lynn Dunn oh, has done Look at that. Okay. Look at that. Discovering puns when you're just saying sentences. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, like, she deserves to at least be, like, recognized for something. I don't think, obviously, do not think that she's going to win it because my pick is Jonathan Cole. But I still think that, like, overall, the vibes in Indiana are way better than they were previously. They are, for sure. And I mean... Everyone knows me, knows how much I love Grace Berger. So anytime you draft Grace Berger, I think that puts you in the conversation. Alone. Yeah, right. That alone. Just making that, that draft. Alone. Forget <laughs> that alone. I, I do think, okay. though, I do think Lynn Dunn, on a serious note, is going to be in this conversation in coming years because, like you said, they're going in the right direction. This year actually went extremely well for the Fever when you consider that they locked up best odds of the number one pick while also showing significant signs of progress and exactly. winning some games. So really got the best of both worlds. And the next one or two off seasons are going to be critical for them. So 
we could easily see Lynn Dunn right it up there in this conversation a year from now. Yeah, yeah, a year from now, two years from now. Who knows? Because like, who knows who they might pick up and who they might acquire to be the second star on that team. Um, so yeah, no, it'll be definitely be interesting. Let's move on to coach of the year. Uh, like I said before, <laughs> I agree with Cal's pick. Uh, Miguel, go ahead. Who is your coach of the year? Yeah, so this one, like I was saying, feels more wide open. I think there's a few candidates. I think really when you look at any of the top four teams in the standings right now, there's at least some sort of an argument uh, for any of those coaches. But I'm going with Stephanie White. This team lost two starters, obviously, including John Quill Jones, a recent MVP. Steph White kept them right there in terms of contenders after those two super teams right at the top. They lost Bree Jones in the middle of the season. Didn't really feel like they skipped a beat which is not any shade to like what Bree Jones brings. She's an all-star, but it's how I think Stephanie White has been able to keep this team sort of glued together. Alyssa Thomas has said that she believes a lot of her success this year, and obviously she was already good, but she's sort of taking it to that next level this year, and she's credited Stephanie White's offensive system with that. She's averaging a career-high assist by far. And I look at how much of a rejuvenation we've seen from Dewana Bonner, too, at age 36 offensively I, I think the that's MVP a big of my Stephanie fantasy White. team so yes and it, she's like the what the third oldest player in the league and, and she looks like she's 27 so like obviously credit to her too but I think a, a lot of the success that the Sun are seeing is is credit to Stephanie White and what she's been able to do just in her first year with this team so for me she's my coach of the year yeah, and if you go listen to the latest episode of They've Got Now, uh, shout out Mark Schindler. He just released an episode with Beck Allen, who is on this, who got traded to the Sun this year, and she kind of also spoke about how they've changed up the way that they play defense and all the way that she, all the ways that she's been able to grow and been able to thrive on this team too. So I think you know Stephanie White deserves a lot of credit um, for what she's done this year, and she would be my pick. Um, I think like Sandy and Becky are obviously going to be in the conversation for sure. But again, I went like super off the board <laughs> and I went with somebody else to be creative. And that is, and it's kind of ironic who I chose just based on like where he was last year, like coaching the Connecticut Sun. Um, but I chose Kurt Miller, uh, head coach of the LA Sparks. I think, you know, we've talked about the Sparks a lot uh, these last couple of weeks. And I think what they've been able to do they have struggled with injuries more than any other team this season. I feel like it feels like every single day their injury report is just like extremely massive, but somehow they find themselves still in playoff contention, still playing some really good basketball. They've had some really impressive wins this season, including one over the Las Vegas Aces. So I just think, you know, it's not only like Kurt is a really good coach, like X's and O's and all that, but I also think that it's just his attitude and the way that he does lead a group. Like I, I watch a lot of the videos that the Sparks post um, after any of their wins and like when Kurt gives like these speeches in the locker room and just the way that he lifts the team up and like kind of lets them know what they did well and um, what they need to do for the next game. I just think it's, it's a really important quality to have as a coach and it's a reason why they've been able to be super resilient this entire season um, and why they just might make that final eight uh, to head into the postseason. So yeah, I think he deserves some love too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like what, what he's done there is is incredible. And especially with like the pieces that he's been able to make fit together. I love seeing how Leja Clarendon's career has sort of resurrected after a year out of the league uh, and, and what Kurt Miller has been able to do with them on both sides of the ball. And like you said, uh, with just moving pieces in and out, even like NECA missed a game or two. Uh, yeah. And, 
uh, like I don't know if they've had a single player play every game this season. I think they've started 12 different players throughout this season. So with that kind of revolving door to keep this team in playoff contention is really impressive. Revolving door is a great way to put it. That's actually a really great way to put it. I did not think about it like that. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of our candidates for executive of the year and coach of the year. Let us know what you guys think and if anybody else should be kind of like first in those talks. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our last segment, the race to the playoffs. The other day, I think it was yesterday, I posted a poll where I said there was one week left in the regular season. So far, five teams have clinched a playoff spot. Who grabs those final three spots? And based on the responses, people are very confident in the Atlanta Dream and the Washington Mystics to make the playoffs. And then that leaves like one more spot for that final eighth seed. I know we talked a lot about like, are we worried about the Atlanta Dream? And it's been kind of like up and down. Um, and now that like the Mystics have started to struggle with injuries again, which honestly really sucks for them. Is there a potential case where like the Mystics fall to maybe seven, eight, and somebody else is able to get up there? Yes, there is. <laughs> and I will say this is our third episode, and we are two for two in talking about things when we record on Tuesday afternoon <laughs> that end up being completely wrong by the time everyone listens to this. Uh, and the Mystics play the Mercury tonight. That game will have happened by the time everyone <laughs> listens to this. So we might make it three for three, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. I don't think this is a gimme game at Phoenix, this game that will have already happened. Maybe <laughs> I look dumb. Maybe Washington wins by 30. But the Mercury have had one of the best home court advantages in all of the league this year. They've only won one game on the road, but they're almost 500 at home. They beat the Sun twice at home. They beat this Mystics team by like 18 at home, even they didn't have Elena Deladon, but still, she's about the only player they have back that they didn't have in that game. They were without, and also, Atkins. like it was her birthday yesterday, right? So maybe she's like still recovering from having fun. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you subscribe to Danny Barlavi's philosophy, it's it's the opposite that everyone plays extremely better on their birthday or the day after. So <laughs> we will find out. You might be right, though. At least in the yeah. at least in the first half, maybe a slow start, maybe a slow start. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah um but let's look at well, let's look at these remaining schedules again so the dream have a storm the mystics the wings mystics have mercury dream liberty sparks have sun liberty storm and the sky have fever length sun i think out of these four teams it's safe to say that the sparks have the most difficult schedule to close out the season um so my other question is because they have such a tough schedule to close it out do the Sky have a chance to get in there? Do they have a chance to push someone out of the top eight? Because right now they're in that nine spot and it's looking a little bit iffy. Yeah, you know, the Sky have a chance for no other reason that they have a weirdly high ceiling and low floor this year, I feel like. And you see games where they look like they could beat anybody and you see games where they look like they never played basketball before. And if it's the former, they can compete with, the, even this tough schedule that they have down the stretch and they're only one game out. They have the tiebreaker on the sparks. So it's absolutely mm -hmm. possible. Uh, and like you said, some of these other teams have tough schedules too. the sky, you know, they still have to play the links, the sun, but sparks still have to play the sun still have to play the Liberty. The mystics go to the Liberty at the end of the season and have to play the dream who are right there competing for these spots as well. Like none of these teams really have easy schedules down the stretch. So 
anything could happen. I don't like all of these teams are going to take at least one more loss, I think. And yeah. uh, like the bottom line, you know, I before this pile when I was prepping, I thought about like trying to put together like all the scenarios, like if this, then that, here's what will happen. And then I looked at it and it's it's like 500 plus scenarios still combinations of like the games, the relevant games left between these teams that matter. So I was like, no, forget that. My head is spinning. Let's just say I'm almost positive that it'll come down to the last day on Sunday, just like it did last year with the dream mm-hmm. and the Liberty. I think that's going to happen again, at least with two of these teams, maybe three, maybe all four. And I love that the WNBA schedules it to where all 12 teams play and there's six games on that day. Cause that's, it's such theater to see when teams are still fighting for stuff and they're all playing at the same time. I think that's, what's going to happen. It's funny when you say like you were thinking about like writing out all the scenarios. Cause I just want to give a quick shout out to Las Vegas aces PR uh, Jiggy. Like he, for the, like every single day for the last like week, he has been sending out like emails with how will the aces clinch the first seed with all these different scenarios. And like, the first time I tried to go through it, I was like, I am not smart enough to comprehend what all these scenarios like this team would have to win this and lose this if like if the aces were to lose a game. So like basically the aces just have to win the rest of the season and they'll be fine. But if they lose, that's when all the mathematical stuff starts to come into play. And I feel like it's going to be the same, like you said, like with these like bottom um, like six, seven, eight, nine uh, standings um on the last day which is kind of stressful for them like even like not to not to bring up mark's pot again but like beck was kind of talking about how she felt a lot better this year being able to clinch that third spot with the connecticut sun rather than like last year when she was with the liberty and it was decided at the very last minute because that must be very stressful as a player when you have no idea what is about to happen and then you have like very little prep time once it does happen yeah, you should always bring up Mark's pod, by the way, because we stand Mark Schindler <laughs> on this podcast. That's uh, but the, the Aces, the, the biggest thing that benefits them is the fact that the Mercury are the only team that they have left on their schedule. Uh, and they, they play them twice. They do have to go there, which like we talked about, is not necessarily a gimme. Aces are not losing that game at home. They're probably not losing that game on the road either, but they might have to at least try. I don't know if they're going to be able to chill out and coast and rest everyone in that game because they probably won't have clinched yet. Uh, that coast that game coast? at Phoenix. So, oh, oh. I, see what you did there. I set you up unintentionally. Yeah, throwing okay. lobs. People don't, people don't have to know it's unintentional. <laughs> I planned it the whole time. I've get, been getting those emails too, and it's funny because it, like, all those scenarios, it's just like drives you crazy. But almost certainly, none of those are going to come into play because the Aces are going to take care of business. But the ones that mm-hmm. are going to come into play are going to be the ones between those four teams on the cut line for the eight seed. And it's crazy how you can be like four days till the end of the season and you think, oh, there's not very many games left. But there are still so many scenarios because if, even if every team has two games left and there's four four teams left, it, eight games could go eight different ways. And then that affects uh, like everything down the line in terms of tiebreakers, which, by the way, uh, this is a Her Hoop Stats podcast. I feel like I should plug on Her Hoop Stats if you go to the orange banner at the top where the grid game is right next to it. There's a, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's whatever it says next to the grid game, um, like season summary or something. Uh, if you click on that, there's a, like a grid of schedules. So it has like all the teams on the left, all the teams on the top. So helpful if you want to look at like who's going to win what tiebreaker, like head to head. Like this team is two and one against this team and they have one game left or whatever. Go check that out. If you are one of those 
deranged people who actually tries to wrap your mind around all of this because I, I think it's an extremely good resource. That's funny, uh, especially that you called people deranged. Well, I, I kind of do it. I'm making fun of myself, too, but I gave up for this podcast. I'll probably do it again in a couple of days when the number of scenarios yeah. is significantly yeah, less. Yeah. But it is fun. Yeah sometimes it is fun <laughs> it is fun for the nerds um i it's always funny because i always think to myself oh i went into sports because i can't do math and then there's situations <laughs> like this that pop up where i'm like did i make the right decision i don't know then you kind of start contemplating everything um but no <laughs> it's fine it's good i like really really respect the people who do the like do the work to lay out all those scenarios and situations and like i said before like really shout out aces pr for doing that um, because they were probably just like, we don't want you to ask us about it. So we're just going to do it for you and send it out so that nobody has any kind of questions of like, oh, like what will happen if this team wins or blah, blah. So no, I really, really, uh, respect that. And yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. Um, like you said, by the time this pod hits your feeds, the games on Tuesday night may or may have been decided. We'll see if we go three of three with, uh, jinxing results and things like that. Um, <laughs> But that's what we do here on Coast to Coast. So I think that's a great way and a great place to wrap it up. Um, we kind of talk, mentioned it throughout the pod, but the Her Hoop Stats gr grid, the Hoops grid is up still. So make sure you're playing that. Your players are, your favorite players are playing it. Your favorite players, favorite players are playing it. I love saying that. It's really fun to say. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Uh, you can find us on social media at Her Hoop Stats. And you, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see Calvin and I have our Twitter handles on here. But if you're listening to us on the podcast, which, by the way, we appreciate, like, the amount of support that we've gotten on Coast to Coast for the first couple of weeks. Um, it's been really cool. Like, Cal, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, no, I just what you said. I, I love hearing all the, the feedback and stuff that we've been getting. Um, whatever, po not positive or negative, but, like, positive or, like, helpful. I guess is mm -hmm. a better word. But yeah, you can find us on social where you just heard. Um, and we will see you next Wednesday as we start to get into more award season, as we get into playoffs, um, and maybe talk some lottery odds at some point too. Um, but yeah, it's been Coast to Coast. Thanks for tuning in. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.